Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flow Over Fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Flow Over Fear. And today I'm going to talk about the interview that I just had with John Malura. John is a keynote speaker on imposter syndrome, and he's a former rocket scientist who used to work on NASA missions, thing, on, on missions that went to Mars, which is really, really incredible. Things that, you know, kids and, well, adults dream of. And, but today he's actually a portrait photographer and he photographs people and shows their absolute beauty for their internal purposes to show that they're not worth less, but they're worth more. It's an incredible story. And I want to kind of dig into it because there was a lot of gold nuggets that were dropped here uh, with regard to someone who was in a career that by all intents and purposes would con be considered a dream job. I mean, you know, working on Mars missions, working it with NASA, but finding that there, that he was unfulfilled, even amongst all of the accolades and, and, and praise that he was getting in this job and, and how well he was doing. He still had this little thing called imposter syndrome that affects a lot of us, affects many of us as leaders. And in fact, I would argue that it affects most of us as leaders, unless we have some kind of air of arrogance within us. That imposter syndrome is a signal really that we are uh, approaching uncharted or that we are within uncharted waters, that we're, in, we're, that, that we're taking the lead. It's a challenge that we need to take the lead. And so knowing that that fear in us is really just a part of the experience. But, uh, uh, but for John, it was a debilitating experience having that imposter syndrome and not really knowing what it was at the time. It led to a lot of anxiety and depression and challenge in that career. Uh, he, he told a story about how he was actually on stage receiving an award from the Department of Defense. And amidst that, he was almost in tears, not because he was afraid of being in front of people or, or just so proud of himself, but be, because he believed that he legitimately believed that that, that that award might be taken from him in short order, or, or it might, they might just say psych. Um, and I know we, we think that those kinds of thoughts are crazy, but how many of you, how many of us, haven't you ever felt that way? That, uh, that, that in the midst of something that we're doing great with, that it might just be pulled away from us, that the carpet might be pulled up from under us. I would venture a guess that if you're listening to this, it's, it's happened on frequent occasions. And so that sense of feeling unworthy um, was something that he started to recognize um, and started to change in him after he experienced a trauma in his own life. A childhood friend of his uh, had passed away to, from, from suicide. Um, and that added to the anxiety and the depression and, and, and the uncertainty that John was feeling at that time in his life. And it led him to question more things and to look at this veneer of perfection that he had put on himself and really start asking new questions and dig into uh, uh, 
collect data on himself, as he said. As a scientist, that's really what he was tasked with doing is collecting data. And so he flipped the switch on himself to collect more data on himself. And he realized that he did have this veneer of perfection that he wanted to uh, wanted to show everybody. Um, and, and he did so in almost a negative way. He, he, he described something that I'd never heard before, which was this, which was this empathy for, for evil intent sort of thing, where he would use his empathy to really dig into people and defend himself and defend his perfect, uh, veneer. And all of that was veiled in this idea of, you know, feeling like an imposter, the anxiety, the, de the depression that he was feeling at the time, the lack of fulfillment. So as he started collecting data on himself, he started to become more self-aware and, and learn more about why he was doing that and, and, and really change the person that he was, uh, not be, you know, so defensive on, on that front. It also led him down a path of recognizing that, you know, maybe this wasn't the career for him. And he had that realization as you know, he was walking to work one day in the bitter cold of Delaware, rain dripping down his back. And he said to himself, thank God I'm paid so much to be this miserable. Thank God I'm paid this much to be this miserable. We've all heard it before. We all chase this, this phantom fulfillment of finance and of money, of satisfaction through greater income. But in every instance where I've heard that people have put money over their values or over what they want to become, in every one of those situations, it's led to the four-letter word, the four-letter F word that we all hate, F-E-A-R, fear, and anxiety, and unfulfillment. And so putting that aside, he, when, when he decided to make a change in his own life, fortunately, his wife stepped in and said, maybe you should do, maybe you should do what you've always loved, which is photography. Maybe you should lean into that. And that's what he did. He left, uh, he left his engineering job as his primary role and he started getting into uh, photography and taking that on his, as, as his primary business. And he started, and, and originally when he first started out, he first started in this photography business when he was, you know, as he was traveling the world for NASA and doing all of these things and for, for the businesses, the, the engineering businesses that he was in, um, he was photographing landscapes and, and ultimately a lot of those, you know, photos landed him some pretty, pretty neat gigs, you know, with National Geographic and, and other, other things like that. But then, you know, he had always been a bit apprehensive about photographing people, photographing portraits. And the reason was, was because he just didn't, it, it was that imposter syndrome stepping in again. It was that feeling like that he was not worthy or capable of, of doing people the justice of what they would want to see in themselves. You know, landscapes don't, uh, uh, don't question, you know, our, our, or uh, uh, a quality of photographs or anything like that, but people do. And so he never wanted to do that. But what he realized when he finally started getting into that portrait photography 
he found that it was something of his calling. And I would argue that the way that he does it, 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 it became such a powerful method of revealing people's true power, revealing people's true identity and their inner badass, as he would call it. And his point was that the, the very empathy that he had used for evil intent earlier in his life was the very thing that would actually help him to understand his clients and help his clients and give them the, the, the visual feedback that they would need to, to understand and, and, and personally develop and, and become, become their best self. So he, he used that empathy to his power. And now, now what he does is, is he serves people within that photography world uh, to as really this personal development practice as this way of, of, of being a concierge throughout the entire process from the very beginning uh, with walking through them as, as far as what they want to achieve uh, you know, what their fears are, what their, what their, what their uh, apprehensions are about being photographed. And, and, you know, from, from using makeup artists and having the makeup artists reach out to them and give them advice on how, how best to take care of their skin and hair and, uh, and wardrobe, working with them through this whole process and then being, and then practicing empathy throughout and walking them through the whole photograph process, tell, telling them how to, what to do with their hands. Have you ever thought about that when you're getting your pictures taken? Like, what am I doing with my, my hands today? Who knows? I, I don't even know. I get very, I get very self-conscious when I think about my hands in any, any kind of situation, right? It's like, even in conversations, it's just an anxiety thing. Do I have them in my pockets? Do I have them on my back? Should I have them like I'm Superman or should I just do a little dance? I don't know. But the, the thing is, that's how he helps people through that process is, is understanding how they can look their absolute best and not necessarily so that they could just send this out on their social profiles or in their business or, or anywhere else, but really so that they can put, put this picture somewhere where they can see it, where they could see their, their inner badass, where they could see that they can look at a picture of themselves and say, I look good. Now he, he shared a, John shared a very startling statistic with, with me. And maybe it's just startling because I love having my picture taken. I'm just one of those weird people that, uh, that is totally okay with being a camera ham. But, but he said that something like 99% or 99.9% .9 of people just don't like getting their picture taken. They don't like the way they look or they, don't, they, they feel self-conscious or they just don't, don't want to get their picture taken. And that's really the fear that he alleviates is getting to the root of what's deep inside of that fear of getting the picture taken. It's almost part of that imposter syndrome. And when we can actually see a picture of ourselves, a photograph of ourselves, a moment in time where we are at our best, where we are showing our badass self, we can look at that and be happy. It helps us to rise above that imposter syndrome. It's like a mini therapy session for, uh, for our souls. And from that, you know, from his experiences with his, you know, personal experiences with imposter syndrome and his personal experiences in helping other people to, uh, uh, to, you know, realize their best, 
uh, through photography. He is able, he, he, he now gives keynotes on imposter syndrome and positive change. And, uh, and, and I asked him about, you know, what we can do to, you know, in the moment to help ourselves get over some of that imposter syndrome. And, and, and really, if we're in a situation where we don't feel like we're fulfilled in, in what we're doing, how can we get to a point where, how can we make the jump? How can we make the leap? And get out of our heads and start actually doing what lifts us up and what we want to do. And his answer to that was powerful. He said that fear hates facts. Fear hates facts. When we're, when we're in the midst of that imposter syndrome, we are, our, our fear is playing an unfair game. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's battling us with, with lies a lot of times, with uh, untruths. And in order to look at how that might be a signal for us to rise above it, we ha- we can write down areas in our lives, you know, situations, small or large, over the course of our history, where we've been badass, where we've been awesome, where we've excelled, where we've where we can make ourselves proud. Just write down thirty of those things, and this comes from uh, a, a you know John Acuff, who is who's also a speaker and an author. Um, and, uh, and a coach, but, um, he tells us to write down those, those 30 things that make us awesome. And, you know, maybe three or four or five into it, we feel uncomfortable. We feel like we we're, we're not making progress, but anytime you lean into that positive, that's where flow can come from. If you just keep going with it, flow can arise from that. And then you start, then things just start to vomit out good things just start to come out and and you you start to remember areas of your life that where you were awesome where you were the best and then by the time you get to 30 you can get on to 40 and 50 and 60 and 70 things and then when you realize that when you have that that list in your hand you can look at that and say i am awesome and i and this imposter syndrome though it is part of the experience it is not debilitating it is something that can drive me forward it is a signal where I might be leaning into something that is uncharted territory, but that I will pave the path to make it a success. And ultimately, that may put us above our what John Acuff calls our noble obstacles. Those things where we, where we, uh, uh, you know, where that may prevent us from making a change in our lives because we think that we're doing the good thing for. Uh, uh, by staying in the position that we're in instead of making the dramatic change. You know, things like staying in a job that is unfulfilling because of the income, because of the things that it's providing us, instead of acknowledging that we are, uh, that we may be able to do well in the thing that we, we want to achieve, that, that we really want, that we really desire, that, that may be God's will for us. And that's another actual theme that comes along with a lot of these conversations I've had with high achievers, including John, is that faith plays an important role. Faith plays an important role in, in a lot of these changes and a lot of these transformations. Um, and it's not because this is a, uh, you know, this is a, a religious show or anything like that at all. It by, by no means is it. It's just, this is simply a very human show about how we can rise above our fears and achieve our best lives. 
But one of the themes that's come up in that is that a lot of the transformations that's hap- that, that have happened in people, a lot of the ways that they've risen above fear is through faith in a higher power of some kind. And that was true of John. Um, and, you know, the final piece that he, he, he shared with us to, on how we can really kind of rise above our fears and, you know, get over our imposter syndrome or, or at least get through it or walk through it more appropriately is to practice grace, to be more gentle with ourselves. Uh, when we're gentle with our, ourselves, we can, you know, we can start to acknowledge, you know, that, that we're human. We can start to let go of the ideal perfection that we need to, that we, that we desire to achieve and realize that this life is not about perfection. It's about continuous improvement. It's about growth. And sometimes in order to grow, we have to shift. We have to transform. We have to, we have to embrace the imposter syndrome and, and recognize it as a signal that we are, you know, that we are being called to something bigger. So if you want to learn more about John Malura, you can visit his website and uh, uh, reach out for a free consultation, reach out for either a photograph, ph- photography consultation or, uh, or learn more about his keynotes and learn more about where, how he may be able to speak for your organization or, or a group that you're part of. Um, you can find him at johnmalura.com. That's John, J-O-H-N-M-O-L-L-U-R-A.com. Or you could find him at malurafoto.com. And uh, please check him out. It, it, it was a very awesome in- interview. So please check out the interview as well. And I uh, guarantee you'll get a lot from it. There was a lot of gold nuggets dropped here. And, uh, and uh, it was a great conversation. So until next time, thanks for joining me on this recap. And we will see you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do, and I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.